your name? What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee of us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And so today, me and Ian thought it was necessary to talk about a pretty big case that just happened recently in the U.S. and involved something that happened last year, but it's based on the trial that just finished up in November. It involves something really sad. Uh, It's another unfortunate issue about gun rights in the U.S. that me and Ian know too well that comes up too often in our country. And so we're going to talk about this really important case, what it means, and just some of the details for those who maybe internationally haven't quite heard about this case. So as always, listeners, check out that audio guide and transcript online, www.dynamicenglish.cl. Okay, so just to start, I'm going to give a little background about this case, and then me and Ian can just kind of chat about it. And so it goes back to, as many of you know, we did an episode about Black Lives Matter and how all those protests just to get equal justice, equal rights, all those kind of things really heated up in the summer of 2020. And a lot of it obviously came from police shootings. And there was another police shooting at a a black gentleman called Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. And this man was paralyzed by the police officer when he was shot. And so there was protest, you know, trying to get this officer to be charged with, with, you know, another another shooting that, you know, many argued was was not justified. And so there were protests and there was this young man from Illinois who was 17, Kyle Rittenhouse, who decided to travel across state borders and borrowed his friend's gun and was going to protect local businesses because in some of the protests, Things were vandalized, as they are in all kind of protests, by who knows who, you know. And so he was going to protect a car dealership, I think. It was like a car lot. And him and his friends were out and got into a confrontation with people that were there. And this 17-year-old Kyle ended up killing and shooting two men and injuring one. And so that was kind of just a little background of what the trial was about and the verdict just came out very recently in the US that he was found not guilty of of all charges. So he killed two people, shot one and was found not guilty. So me and Ian are gonna just kind of talk about a little bit more of the details of the case and and kind of the implications of, of what this means. So Ian, the verdict came out not guilty of any of any charges. Um again, two people dead, one injured. What was your what was your reaction to this? Well I think my reaction was that To be honest, I wasn't surprised. I think we've seen a lot of these kind of acquittals happen. And even though this case has become such a flashpoint in in the very polarized debate over gun rights in the U.S., we just see that once again, we see, you know, perhaps there are factors at play that allow him to be acquitted. And, you know, it's also a very complicated issue. We've talked about in, in previous episodes about how the U.S. gun rights work. And it's, it's a very complicated issue. And we've seen that this has sort of been turned into another big debate over the 
idea of gun rights and gun laws. And so right now, you know, Rittenhouse, he's being championed sort of as a hero by the people on the right. They're saying, you know, he was there to keep peace. You know, even the defense and Kyle Rittenhouse himself said, you know, he just wanted to help his community and he was just reacting to people attacking him. You know, I will say that from the beginning, a lot of legal experts were saying that it didn't look very good for the prosecution, the way they were going about the trial. They didn't make a lot of great points. Well, they were trying to make as great a points as they could, but they had some missteps. And again, Kyle Rittenhouse and his defense team, they were able to present a lot of evidence saying that, look, he was trying to help his community. He, you know, had a license to have a gun, even though he was in the wrong state. And nonetheless, that he was just acting in self-defense. The story has it on their side, at least, that what happened was someone came to attack him out of the group. He reacted to this man trying to grab his gun. So he shot him four times. And a mob of people, the protesters, they saw him and started chasing him as he ran towards the police. So as this happened, another guy was hitting him with a skateboard. He ended up shooting him straight in the heart, killing him immediately. And then the third victim he shot in the bicep and the arm before he was able to, to get away from this. And so both sides made, the, uh, made their cases in point. And in the end, we saw an acquittal made by a jury that was made up of, you know, 12 people, seven women, five men. And they spent more than three days looking at these cases that involved five charges, including intentional homicide, which could have given him a life sentence in prison. So I think that this was, from the beginning, a really messy and complicated case that a lot of people kind of saw the writing on the walls and uh, saw that he was going to get off scot-free. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that this man was white, right? You have a young white guy who's on trial for shooting people, and he's found not guilty. We all know that if he was black, that would not have been the same verdict in the U.S. So I think that is what a lot of the uproar has been, I guess, when the verdict came out was that it just was very blatant, too, that, you know, there was many reports that the judge refused to call those who were shot victims, right? <laughs> and so the judge was very biased, you know, because, again, this guy is a young white male. And so you would get the opposite generally when you see any kind of court case if the, the defendant here was a, was a black man. I bet you the judge would have definitely called these people who were killed victims. And so it was it was very biased from the, the beginning. And I think that was what was disheartening and why the verdict was not too surprising. Hey, Ian, did you know besides the podcast, Dynamic English offers one on one classes with native teachers from all over the world? Really? But isn't it just a bunch of grammar lessons? Nope, it's completely discussion based and focuses on topics the student is interested in. That's amazing. But what if I'm not living in Chile? No problem. Dynamic does online classes. You can be living anywhere. Great. But I'm a little intimidated to take the class alone. Can I join with a friend? Of course. Dynamic offers group classes of up to four. Plus, for the next month, Coffee of Gringo's listeners get 10% off individual or group classes. So go online to www.dynamicenglish.cl and mention that you are a listener and get your discount. Well, I'm sold. Sign me up. But I think what is 
also an issue in the U.S., and I think you see that a lot, is that this man is 17 years old at the time of this of this incident, which means medically he's a child, like he does not have a developing brain, and yet in our court system, too often we charge people as adults. And so say he was found guilty, like you said, his whole life would be taken from him where he would be in jail, where, you know, I think he should have been charged as as a child because he made a child decision. He took a deadly weapon to something that he knew was going to be dangerous and a lot of people and a lot of like heightened situations. And what what was he going to do with a gun to protect cars? He was going to shoot everyone that went by the car. Like it just wasn't a well thought out plan, which just shows that he was a child and, and didn't really think through the plan. And in my opinion. Yes. I mean, I think that's a really great point you bring up. You know, it's, it's something where I think we have to see it as it is. And we have to understand that this was, this was a really stupid decision. You can say whatever you want, but he was clearly going there knowing that there could be some trouble, right? If you go anywhere with a semi-automatic rifle. Lots of people. (laughs) Right, lots of people. You know that there is probably violence afoot. You're going there because you know there's violence going on. And really, you're just putting yourself in that situation. So I kind of go back to one of my favorite quotes, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? And so I I don't know what he was expecting to happen going there and, and putting himself in that situation. It's just so complicated and it makes me nervous because, you know, this also now sets the president that, you know, anyone can, you know, seemingly go to a a, what's supposed to be a peaceful protest with an automatic rifle. They can claim self-defense if they shoot someone and they'll be acquitted. I think that's extremely dangerous. I think this is causing, again, a narrative and sort of a precedent saying, you know, people can point back and they could say, well, look at the Rittenhouse case, you know, he got acquitted and think that they can they can do the same thing. I think it's already an issue of the U.S. of if you go to a protest, you might run into, you know, a, a, a civilian militia even because people just come with their own guns, their own weapons. It's a really dangerous situation um, in a nation where you can easily get weapons so I think it's obviously already been a big problem for a long time, and this doesn't help at all. This gives people sort of more power to say, you know, I can arm myself at a protest and I can get away with it if I have to kill someone. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think this situation only had the result that it did, which is two men, 36 and 26, dead, way too young, and a 27-year-old injured because there was guns involved. Like if there wasn't guns, they would have gotten probably a fist fight and everyone would have went home with some bruises. But I would guess that no one would have died. It was the gun in the situation that made it so fatal. And it's only because, you know, guns are so accessible in our country. And I agree, I think it's scary that this will set the bar that anyone can be a police officer now. We can go anywhere we want, defend anything we want and claim self-defense. And it's scary because, um, there are guns everywhere. And so, you know, you don't kind of want that to be the president, especially when when it comes to protests, right? Like these people are protesting injustice. Like we should all be able to feel like we can go to a protest and feel safe and not that there are these people now who are gonna be pseudo police officers with guns. Right, it's almost, it's, it's like a border vigilante status that I think is, is just too dangerous to, to flirt with. 
for society's safety. So yeah, again, I don't, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's interesting to see the reactions that have been coming from people following this acquittal, this non-guilty verdict from the families of the victims. You know, obviously they are disappointed. They've expressed this. They feel like there's been an injustice done and that, you know, that their, their children have, have gone in vain. Their loved ones have died in vain. And we also obviously see on the political side a lot of different comments as well. So a lot of politicians on the left, they have been on the liberal side, they've been really denouncing this uh, verdict, saying it's an injustice, um, it's not right, and that there need to be increased gun controls. And then you have kind of the opposite on the right side. They've sort of made him their darling poster child of gun rights and self-defense and the Second Amendment and really are praising him for, for, for what he did. And I think what we're going to be seeing in the upcoming weeks and months is a lot of media swirling around with interviews with Kyle Rittenhouse, especially in, in right, right side media, conservative media, um, again, kind of putting him up in this ivory tower, kind of boosting him up on a pedestal and saying, you know, look, here's a, here's a case of gun rights and why we need to keep them. I don't know. It's going to be a whirlwind. I'm, I'm sure you've already seen a few comments and uh, seen some things that the news outlets have already been putting out there. Sadly, like you said, I think most people in my circles weren't surprised because we are just such a gun heavy country and the defendant was white. And so the writing was kind of on the wall, as we say in English. Yeah, I really I really do hope that this doesn't create kind of this situation where everyone goes around carrying guns and claiming self-defense, but we will see. We will see. Yeah, so we just thought it was, me and Ian thought it was important to talk about this issue because in the U.S. it's definitely something that everyone's talking about because these, you know, gun issues are just ingrained in, 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 in the U.S. and this was a really big case that, like me and Ian talked about, will sadly probably have an impact. And so, as always, check out that guide and transcript if you get lost, www.dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.